Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty lands, thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, that he might test you to do good in the end. Then you say in your heart, listen to this, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. Now let's focus on verse 18. Here's what it says. And you shall, what? Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his, he swore to your fathers as it is this day. I believe there's three types of giving in the word of God. The first is called a tithe. The tithe is what God established as, as 10%. It's 10%, and 10% of your increase, 10% of your income, the Bible says you remove it from your house and you bring it to my house. That's called a tithe. That's one level of giving. There's also offerings. The Bible talks about offerings. David brought a tithe to God, but he also brought an offering, and he said, I've given over and above. So he brought an offering. The Bible says we can give as we purpose in our heart to give. What's that? That's an offering. God speaks to us, we have the choice, we give an offering to God. And then there are alms. The Bible talks about giving alms to the poor or benevolent giving. And the Bible says when you do that, you do that in secret. He says when you give to the poor, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing or left hand know what your right hand is doing. Why? Not only because you don't want to be puffed up and say, look what I've done I'm so great, I'm so wonderful, but also so that you don't embarrass the poor, so that you don't point them out, so you don't bring embarrassment to them, so the Bible says you also, you give that in secret. So there's tithes, there's offerings, and then there's alms. And and one of the things I, I know in God's word to be so true, God has established in his word that he's in control. How many of you know God's a smart God, right? I mean, he's, he's brilliant. The way he orchestrates everything. See, here's what the government does. The government says, well, if you have more, we're going to take more from you, right? And then the government says, if you don't have anything, then nothing's required of you. You don't have to do anything. That's what the government says. But what God says is, no, 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 here's what I want. I want everybody to play a part. And I've established in my word the percentage. It's not more from more and less from less. It's a percentage. It's the same for everybody. It's called a tithe, and it's 10%. Now, how do I really know that it's God? Well, one of the ways I know it's God, because isn't it just like God to cause us to lose control over the amount we give? Did you hear me now? It's just like God to cause us to lose. We don't get to set the amount. 
We can't say, well, God, this week I'd like to give just 5% or 6% or 2%, and then next week I'll give 15 or, or I'll make it up some other time. See, that would put control over our money in whose hands? Our hands. And so isn't it just like God to say, no, 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 I will always be in control. And the challenge for many people when it comes to tithing, it's not a theological challenge. It's, it's really a different issue. It's this, I will be in control. See, I want to give you some things that giving is. First of all, number one, giving is a matter of obedience. It really is a matter of obedience. God says you will not be in control. I'll set the amount. It's 10%. And see, the challenge with many people is, is they, they for control of their finances. No, 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 no. Nobody tells me what to give. Nobody tells me what to do. And see, that's a challenge for many people because they want to lose control over the ability to determine what they give. But here's what it is. Obedience says this, I will do what you want when you want to do it. Yeah. Come on, somebody. I'm going to do what you want when you want me to do it. It really is a matter of obedience. And God wants us to be obedient to his word. See, here's the thing. You can have control or you can have faith. You can't have both. Did you hear me now? I said you can have control or you can have faith, but you cannot have both. And isn't it just like God to say, no, you can't have control. I'm going to be in control. And it's a matter of obedience. And some people struggle with that, especially men. Men, we struggle with that because, listen, the majority of men probably are the ones paying the bills. And they're like, no, 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 I got this thing figured out, right? But you know, one way of looking at it is to go back to Deuteronomy chapter number eight and listen to this verse again. It is God who gives us the what? Power, the ability to gain. Let me say it to you like this. The breath in your body, it came from God. The brain rolling around in your head, it came from God. The strength that you have to go out and work and do manual labor, physical labor, where did it come from? It came from, all of it came from God. And so if we realize that all of this came from God, so I'm going to be, what, obedient to him and simply just return a portion to him. Because God wants us to be obedient. You know, if you have a child and, and you say to your kid, I want you to go into the bathroom and the bedroom, and I want you to clean it. I want them both to be clean. And, man, they go into that bathroom, and that thing is spotless, man. I'm telling you what, they worked hard. They put in the time. They put in the elbow grease. And, man, that thing is so clean, but they never touch their bedroom. How many of you know you'd say to them, listen, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But, but how many you know there's, there's something else involved here? You have to be obedient to everything that I say. Because there are some people that say, Pastor, listen, I give, but it's, it's not, I, I, it's, just, it's just what I give. It's just, a, it's just a set amount every week. It's not a tithe. It's not 10%. It's just what I give whatever I can. Or I give whenever I can. And, and that's great. And, and that's a sacrifice. And it could be a large amount. 
It doesn't have to be a small amount. Listen, it can have a lot of zeros behind it. But the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 15, this verse, and I want you to look at this verse this morning. Here's what it says. It says, obedience is better than what? Sacrifice. Listen, whatever you give may be a sacrifice, but if it's not a tithe, it's not obedience. Did you hear me today? God wants you to walk in daily obedience, then in sporadic sacrifice. It's something about obedience, understanding this all came from God. It's not mine anyway. I don't withhold it. I don't have the right to control it. I don't have the right to, to say when I can and what I can. It, it's established by God. I have to lose control over it. My son is uh, 18 years old, graduated from high school, and he got a full scholarship to Southeastern University in, in Fort Lauderdale, the extension campus. And we're so thrilled, and he's doing great. He's working at the Church Christian Life Center in Fort Lauderdale. He's just doing wonderful. But with that full scholarship means extra hours that he has to work at the church, so he has no time for a job. So the whole college is paid for, and he has housing, but he doesn't have food. So I have to buy him food. How many of you, know, how many parents know just because they leave the house doesn't mean that they leave your checkbook? It's still, it's still sometimes they can still get expensive, Right? And so you don't always save money. Anyway, so I told him, I said, I'm going to put, put this much in your bank account every week. I'm just going to put this set amount. It's enough for you to go to the grocery store, buy some groceries, put some gas in your car, and every now and then. Well, I look at his bank account. I could see everything that he does. And he went out to lunch one day, and it was kind of expensive. And I, I said, you know, it was like $30. And I said to him, what meaneth thou this, that you would go to the, the, the restaurant and spend this much money? He said, well, somebody came down to Fort Lauderdale, and, you know, they, they were going to buy. And I said, no, 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 let me buy. So, so I bought them lunch. I said, oh, you did. You bought them lunch. I said, no, 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 you didn't buy anything. I bought them lunch. But I appreciate you being so generous with my money, you know. And my son, listen, he's a very generous person. And even when he was working, he would have done that in a heartbeat. He would always try to buy somebody. That's just the way he is. But, but it was kind of funny that he thought he was being generous. And he never told the person, oh, yeah, this is my dad's money anyway. So order what you want. You know, it's on him, you know. But, you know, sometimes we act that way with God. It's his money. It's not my money. I don't have the right to do what I want with it when I want. You see what I'm saying? It's all from God. I think sometimes God down there looking at us the same way. Like, oh, look what you're doing with my money. But why aren't you returning a portion of it to me? And here's why. Because the word of God says we have a tendency to forget. God established tithing so that we don't forget. No, don't forget. Because every time I get paid, I get paid once a month. Every time I get paid, I, I take a test. Tithing is a test. And the test is this. Am I going to be obedient to you, God? Am I going to be obedient to your word? Every time I tithe, I, every time I, I get a paycheck, I take a test. Every time there's Social Security put in your bank account, every time there's income or interest, every time you get some sort of income, you take a test. 
And the test is, are you going to be obedient to God? And there's only two things about that test that you can do. You can either pass it or you could fail it. There's no other options. And every time you say, God, I'm returning to you, a tithe, it's a set amount. I lose control over my finances. I take it out of my hands, and I put it in your hands, God. And I'm just going to trust you, because the second thing that giving really is, not only is it a matter of obedience, it is a matter of trust. Do you really trust God? Because some of you might be here today, and you say, well, I'm really going through some financial hard times and we've had to withhold, and we've had to hold back. And, and again, you've put your own finances in your control. And you say, well, things are really tight, so we've had to make some cutbacks, and we haven't been tithing anymore. Or maybe you're here today, and you say, well, I can only give this much, because if I don't, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. God wants you to trust him. Again, you can have control, or you can have faith. And he wants you to step out in faith and trust him. Let me ask you this question. Do you really trust God? Oh, pastor, I love God. Yeah, but do you trust him? No, no, I would do anything for God. No, do you trust him? Do you trust him enough to say, God, here's my wallet. Here's my, here's my purse. Here's my income. Here's everything. I put it in your hands, God. I'm going to walk in obedience and I'm going to walk in trust. There's a pastor who's on TV a lot. His name's Jimmy Evans. Jimmy and Karen Evans lead a ministry called Marriage Today. They have a wonderful TV program, incredible. I encourage you to catch it, record it, watch it as often as you can. But watch this video. We're going to show a little clip. We're going to dim the lights for a minute. Watch this video on Jimmy Evans talking about learning to trust God through tithing and giving. Let's check out what Jimmy Evans has to say. When you surrender your finances to the Lord, here's what it means. First of all, we're going to pray about all financial decisions. If you make financial decisions on your own, and then you come to God and say, well, Lord, we're really struggling. Now, we should have prayed about this, but, but we went ahead and did this without you. But isn't she cute? Will you, will you raise her for us? No. If it's God's baby, He'll feed it, clothe it, send it to college. You'll never have to worry. If it's your baby, He won't bless it. And the only thing you can do is come back and say, we made a mistake, we should have prayed, we didn't surrender this to you, we repent, and then you follow the Lord from that point forward. It doesn't mean that God will never bless you again. It just means you have to back up and you have to take responsibility for it. Another way that you make Jesus the Lord of your finances is by giving Him the first and best of your finances. Now, I know that what I'm about to say is controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway because of the way it's changed our lives. I believe the first 10% of all the increase that we make should go to our local church. Is, is called tithing. Now, we've done this for, for many years. When we began to tithe, I made $7,000 that year as a total income. So it's going to be hard for me to feel sorry for you. I'm just saying that right now. <laughs> is Karen was a stay-at-home mom. We, Julie, our daughter, who's 32 years old now, she was about one. And Julie was a, Karen was a stay-at-home mom. And we went to church one Sunday, and this, this preacher was preaching on giving. And uh, he stood up in the pulpit. I mean, we were broke. We, the only way we survived was float. Because every time we got paid, we were already overdrawn. 
and the, the money got there just in time to cover checks that we'd already written. We never had a nickel in our pockets extra. We lived from paycheck to paycheck. We lived in government housing. You had to be broke to live where we lived, and we slid right in to qualify. I mean, we... You literally had to have just a very low income to live in the houses that we lived in, but we, we easily qualified. We were so broke. So we come home from church, and, and this preacher's been preaching on giving, and Karen says, I'd like to give. And I thought, oh. <laughs> what? And she said, I'd like to give $40. And she, she, she has this little smile on her face, you know, this wicked kind of a little smile on her face. And I'd like to give $40. And she's smiling at me, and she said, is that okay? And I it just made me sick. It made me sick to my toenails. I, I couldn't believe it. I just never had the concept of giving money to a church. And, and I just, she said, well, do you mind? And I thought, well, I've got two choices. We either go bankrupt or God strikes me dead for saying no. And, and really, it's about equal right now, which one that I would take. And I, I, it made me sick. I, I just physically got sick over it. And, and I, she said, do you mind if I give $40 to church? And I said, Karen we don't have $40. I, I it didn't bother her at all. And she, well, I'd like to give it if you don't mind. And me as a great man of faith, I said, whatever. Well, I mean, I had a terrible, I, I thought we're going we're gonna to die. It's, it, this is terrible. Worst thing ever happened to me in my whole life. And so she gave it. And we didn't have any miracles happen. I'll just tell you that right now. No, we didn't get a big check in the mail. Because uh, I've heard all the stories. We didn't get a check in the mail. We didn't, I didn't get a raise or anything like that. But the only thing I can tell you, because I had no faith whatsoever. The only thing I can tell you is, the next time we got paid, we had money in the bank. I can't, I can't explain. It never happened before. But the next time we got paid, it's like we had like $120 still in our account. It was like, we're rich. <laughs> and then, and then she comes up and says, do you mind if I give again? And I thought that, I knew that would happen. You know, we just got ahead. And you want to give it away. And, oh, so she gave again. And so every time, and, and. I saw God move in our finances, not because we got a huge increase in salary or anything like that. It defies a calculator. It honestly does. But, see, we were broke, and I've heard people say one time, well, you know, I'm on a fixed income. Let me tell you, in God's economy, there's no such thing as a fixed income, but there is such thing as a cursed income. God can change any financial circumstances. We began to give, and I made $7,000 the entire year. And I remember the first time that I did our income tax, and we had tithed. Because we didn't tithe for a year or two. We started giving, and we saw God begin to move. But we, I remember the first time we tithed that we'd given 10%. I look back at that, and, and today we give uh, more than 10% to our, our local church. And besides that, we give to missions organizations and ministries. We love to give. God wants you to be a giver. The number one reason that God wants to financially bless you is so you can bless the kingdom of God. Don't you want to be a giver? And the Bible says, give and it will be given to you. We begin the giving. God's already given. He sent His only begotten Son. 
He's blessed us. We have, all of us have seed in our pocket, and God blesses the process of sowing and reaping. And so, given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And every time you plant, you reap more than you planted. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be poured back to you. So it's the blessing of the Lord that makes a man rich. He adds no sorrow to it. But the thrill that you get in the process of financial blessing and prosperity is that you're a giver. You're able able to see the blessing of all that you're giving to. So when Karen and I came to this point of surrendering our finances to God, it brought peace into our lives, harmony into our marriage, because we began to pray and God's miracle working power was released. We have seen miracle after miracle after miracle in our finances. And when I look back into our past about praying and about giving and all the things that we've done, I shudder to think if we wouldn't have gone to church that day and started giving. I I shudder to think if I wouldn't have had a woman of God for a wife. Because my wife was the first one who encouraged us to give. And she did it in a, in a sweet way, in a godly way. But I would have not have done it because it just it wasn't my nature to do it. But I'm just encouraging you, surrender your finances, Lord. He's a good father. He will love you. He will do miracles for you. And you will see a peace Amen. and prosperity in your life that you will see in no other way. You know, really, you. What, it, what is our money for? You know what I'm saying? I mean, what's the point? Of, of just having more and more if we can't give it away. If we hold on so tight, if we just demand control over it, if we refuse to let God be God and just let him have control over our finances and say, God, I'll, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to be obedient. You say 10%, I, I'm, it's going to be 10%. I'm not going to try to sway it one way or the other, make it something it's not. I'm going to trust you, God. Now, I believe in, the Bible says a a man leaves an inheritance. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And so there's nothing wrong with that. That's important and it's necessary. But do you know what? Billy Graham was credited with saying this. I've never seen a hearse carrying a U-Haul. Listen, we can't take it with us. Do you hear me? I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to come. We can't take it with us. What is the point of, of holding on to it and just trying to get more and bigger and better and, and just consume and, and always have more? If we can't be generous, what's the point? If we can't build the kingdom of God, if we can't help people, what's the point of our giving? What's the point of being blessed? God wants you blessed, but he wants you to be generous and get rid of any roadblock to generosity and say, God, I am going to trust you. I'm going to put my finances in your hand. I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to lose control over it. It's not about how much I say I could give. It's about what you say I'm to give. And I'm going to follow your plan, your purpose for my life. Amen. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment this morning?